I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. So before we dive into today's conversation and before I introduce you to today's guest, let's just chat a little bit about what's happening in the world, in the sky, (laughs) um, this week. So I know a lot of you love when I talk about the new moon, the full moon, and all of that sort of stuff. So I actually was hoping to have someone on the show to talk about July just because there is so much happening energetically with the moons and the solar eclipses, everything like that. So um, maybe we'll have someone on the show in July talking all about this. That would be ideal. So I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But as of right now, we'll just deal with me giving you the deets. So yesterday was the new moon in Cancer but it was also a eclipse. So if you are a sensitive human being like myself, and I know the majority of us who gather here on the show every week, we are sensitive humans. And we notice that our emotions fluctuate throughout the month And every couple weeks when we get a new moon and then a full moon comes around. So I just wanted to give you a heads up that there's a lot going on lately. Um, Just now in July, there's a lot happening. Um, A few eclipses coming our way. And if you are looking for some resources on learning more about this, I really love following the Rising Woman account. So... If you are on Instagram, definitely check them out, Rising Woman, and you'll start to learn all sorts of things about astrology and what these moons mean. Now, like I said, yesterday, July 2nd, we had a new moon in Cancer, and it was also a solar eclipse. And then we are going to have another eclipse, a lunar eclipse, on July 16th. So if you want to start paying attention a little bit more to the moons and astrology and all of that beautiful goodness, definitely follow Rising Woman. They're probably my favorite account. They put out articles every month and everything like that. And they're really into women's health and conscious relationships. I also have a app 
recommendation. One of our previous guests, JD Angles, recommended the CoStar app. And I recently downloaded that because of JD's recommendation. So the CoStar app is definitely my favorite app for all things astrology lately. It updates every day, so you'll get new readings every day, and you can see your full chart and learn more about your birth chart. More on that in the episode JD and I recorded together about learning more about yourself, so you can read more or listen more, learn more, um, in episode 66 when JD joins me here. So... That's kind of the updates that I had for you. Happy July. (laughs) I think this week is going to feel like holiday mode for so many of us. On Monday, it was Canada Day here in Canada. And now it's like the big July 4th in America on Thursday. So if you're listening to this live, I'm sure you're getting all fired up for tomorrow and that holiday coming at you if you're in the States. So let's head over to my conversation with Danny Johnson. She is a motivational speaker and she's also the co-host of the Best Life Podcast, one of my absolute favorite podcasts she does with Jill Coleman, who has also been on this show many episodes ago. She was one of my first guests. So you should definitely tune into their podcast, The Best Life Podcast. They talk about all sorts of different things and such great conversations on that show if you're looking for another podcast to add to your collection. And also, Danny's just one of my absolute favorite humans to follow on Instagram. She's super funny and she also like talks about really real stuff like mental health. So her and I get into that today. We talk about mental health and also the key things that Danny did within her own life to support her throughout her mental health journey, but also her self-love journey. And I know you're into that. So let's learn more from Danny. Danny, welcome to the show again. No one heard our first conversation, but I'm so excited to be sitting down with you again and chatting. I yes. just adore you. So thank you. It was so fun chatting. See, you know what? It's a good excuse to just like have coffee with you and talk again. I'm having coffee. I don't know if you are, but yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, I have some water beside me. But <laughs> kind of boring, but that's okay. So you said you're in a hotel room right now. You're obviously traveling and I would love to know a little bit more about what you're up to, but for our listeners who want to meet you and learn more about you, can you introduce yourself? Yeah. So um, I am a speaker and a podcast host. I have a podcast myself called the best life podcast And I actually didn't start there. Um, My journey has kind of been 
it's it's really interesting because everything seems to make sense at the time. But if you like looked at my journey when I started, maybe in my early twenties to now, you'd be like, "How the hell did you get? How the hell did you get there now?" But um, I was actually a personal trainer for a lot of years, and I got into training because, uh, interestingly enough, I was paralyzed in I think I was twenty two, twenty three. Um, I was an acrobat at SeaWorld and. I didn't have an injury. I actually got an illness from the water at SeaWorld. So um, it paralyzed me. My Basically, my motor neurons and my legs stopped working. So for a year, I was unable to walk. And I started going to the gym. I'd ask my mom to drive me. And at this point, I had like a walker. I could sort of move my right leg. And so I was... I didn't have any insurance and I didn't have money for physical therapy. So I figured I was going to have to rehabilitate myself. So I was doing that, um, looking up online how to do different exercises and kind of just in true fashion for myself. I was like, well, if I'm doing this, I might as well get a certification. I didn't know if I would use it, but and, and obviously I wasn't going to be a physical therapist because you need to go to school. But I was like, oh, maybe I could get a personal training certification. Even if I never walk again, I'll just have it like under my belt. So I got that certification and I ended up not using it for two years, but as luck would have it, um, I kind of got booted out of a job where I was coaching gymnastics and I was unable to coach anywhere else. So I would go, well, I guess I'll use this now. So I started training and, um, because I think a lot of trainers go through this, they feel like they have to look the part or health coaches. Like I need to look as fit as possible. And not only that, because I was unable to walk, I was really motivated to like never take advantage of my body again. I was like, I think when you can't walk, all you want to do is, is walk. Right. So I like ran a marathon and then I started getting into fitness competitions and I was so driven to just like use my body and not take advantage of that. And unfortunately I think that turned into something, um, slightly unhealthy and it pushed my body to the brink of just complete exhaustion, adrenal exhaustion. And I ended up gaining about 30 pounds over a really short amount of time. All the while I had been exercising six, seven days a week, consistently eating super, super clean. Like I can't even count on two hands, like how many times I'd eaten off my plan in like seven years. So it didn't make sense to me what was happening to my body. I'm like, I remember going to a doctor and saying, Oh my gosh, I'm gaining all this weight. I don't know what to do. And he goes, well, you should probably just exercise more and eat less. And I remember I, and I don't know if I burst into tears then or later. I know I cried about that, but I don't know if I did it in front of him, but I just remember getting so red and wanting to like punch him in the face because I'm going, I don't know how I could eat less or exercise more. Like I'm already in the gym two, three hours a day. Plus with my clients, I'm eating 900 calories to 1200 calories a day. Like I'd been cutting and cutting and cutting. Cause I thought, well, if I'm gaining, I got to cut more. Right. And that led me down a path of, um, really, kind of actually learning what health was. And, um, I came into like a screw it moment where I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm working out too hard. I'm gaining weight anyway. I might as well just let it happen. And ultimately I found some naturopathic physicians and holistic methods. And I started really diving into like the mental aspect of why I was doing that, why I was pushing myself so hard. And that's a really shortened version. Cause I would say it took about four years to get through it, but that kind of led me to where I am now, which is, you know, I, I was, I was really embarrassed while I was getting this weight because I was supposedly a fitness expert, a weight loss expert, and I'm sitting here gaining weight in front of my clients and in front of people online. And I was starting to feel like a fraud. Like maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. 
Um, and I think it made me a better trainer actually, because I started to realize there's more to weight loss than just calories in calories out and numbers and that hormones play a huge part in that. And so I spoke more about that online and I started to just kind of share some of the struggles. And this was a time I'd say 2011 and 12 when people didn't really share their struggles online. It was really, we're painting a perfect picture and everything looked nice. And I did a YouTube video where I just kind of broke down and that video today still has like 18, 20,000 views on it. And it was really about how I was angry that nobody was talking about this. And so it turned into me really just kind of almost shunning the diet industry and really trying to focus on my health and like, what did that actually mean? And it included like mental health and taking care of like what's going on. And and I, I, I just did a podcast on the whole um, diet thing. But what I really believe is sometimes, you know, we we have people come to us for weight loss and, um, you know, they're, they're feeling like I just need to lose 30 pounds or I just need to lose this amount of weight and I'll be okay or I'll be happy. And ultimately, and they want to know what to eat. And ultimately, I think really it's not about what we eat. It's what's eating us. And it's really asking the questions of like, what am I not saying? What are the conversations I'm not having with my spouse or with my parents? Or what are like traumas that are coming up that I'm trying to stuff down? And I think there's usually, I'd say 99% of the time, there's deeper issues that have more to do with self-worth and all of that than it has to do with the food that we're putting in our bodies. And of course there's, you know, we can't just live off of uh, McDonald's and like be happy and think that that's not going to affect our body. But ultimately I think for the most part, when people come to me, there's deeper issues than like what they're actually eating. So now today I think I share a lot. I started just really sharing a lot of stories and sharing journeys and sharing struggles. And now I really talk to entrepreneurs and health coaches and interestingly enough, lately, a lot of hairdressers about how to share your story online to connect better with your audience. Um, and I also talk about how to rewrite that story. Like, what are you telling yourself that may or may not be true that is self-sabotaging what you really want to be going on? And so, yeah, that's kind of where I am now. And I started the podcast about a year and a half ago. And we, the goal of the podcast is really to normalize things that are going on behind closed doors, to have conversations. It's my best friend, Joe Coleman and I, and we have a lot of conversations together and we're like, you know, people probably should be talking about this. Like, so we kind of just flipped on a microphone in our private conversations and things that we've kind of been dissecting and it's been really fun and it's been really, really eye opening. And so that's kind of where I'm at now. And I think my big goal really is to continue doing that, like sharing messages and helping people feel less alone and, um, speaking more and writing a couple books. Wow. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> this podcast is called the Unbreakable You Podcast, as you know, and I love having guests on to share their stories of kind of like resiliency and breakableness. And it's pretty incredible because just what you shared with us within like those eight minutes, <laughs> there's so many things that I could go back on and be like, how did you get through this? Can you elaborate on this for us? Like from being paralyzed to like, you know, and having that determination within you that you're like, I am just so focused on walking again. And like you yeah. said, like taking care of your body. And then um, 
I feel like something that will really, really hit our listeners today is you consuming so little calories and being so hung up on eating perfectly and exercising more. I know a lot of the women that listen to this show are in that cycle where they're like, okay, well, how do I even get out of this? Because I'm doing everything that I am told to be doing. Like we think we are doing the healthy things. So that's a huge like mental thing to work through, right? Yeah. That was a massive shift. And it's so funny. Like I'm nodding my head like crazy. I know you guys can't see it, (laughs) but I'm like, yes, yes. I think one of the interesting things was, I don't know if you know, Gabby Bernstein, but Mm -hmm. she is a spiritual coach and an author. And I remember watching a YouTube video and she's very beautiful and thin. And one of those people you're like, oh, well you have it all and you don't understand. And she was giving a talk on stage and she said something along the lines of, I had to love my body first as it was before I could, you know, lose the weight or move forward. I think she struggled with some eating disorder stuff too. And I remember thinking in my head, oh, sounds easy for you. Like I'll love my body once I lose the 30 pounds that I put on and then I'll be fine. And, and I was going, dang, I, maybe she's right. Like that, that's, I sat with that for a while. Cause it, it triggered something in me. And I was like, so triggered by it. I'm like, Oh, sure. She could say that she looks pretty and she's thin, of course. And then I go, wait, maybe, maybe she didn't look like that. Maybe she did have to accept herself or love herself first. And that was a big thing that I, I mean, I sat on that for days just going, how can I do that? How can I love myself now when I don't love myself now? Like this is the, this is the conundrum of everyone, right? You hear these coaches that are like self-love and you need to, you need to love yourself. And you're like, how can I love myself when I hate myself? And I've been hating myself for a long, 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 long time. And I've had a couple conversations with different coaches and it's funny. I think we had a gal on named Shauna, um, And she said, well, first step, instead of going from hate to loving yourself is just from hating yourself to just like accepting yourself. We kind of said like, just meh, like I go from self-love to self meh. (laughs) You're like, okay, I I'm fine. Like, I'm not going to pick on myself today. I'm going to just be all right with where I'm at. I don't, I'm not where I want to be. I think that's an issue we have too, is we think that if we're not where I want to be, it's not okay. But I think we do have to love ourselves in the journey and we do have to kind of go, okay, I'm not there, but what can I appreciate now? Like I'm getting up every morning and I can walk to the store. I mean, I did have to go back in my mind to go, look, Danny, at some point you could not walk. So let's at least appreciate the fact that you can do that. And let's at least appreciate the fact that you can like, you know, have functionality. I mean, there's people out there who don't, and I know it's not always easy to say that it's like, when your mom, when you were little, is like, there's starving kids in Africa, finish your food. Like that doesn't, that's not helpful. It's like, great. I still don't want to eat this crap, but I think it is important to use gratitude and realize that I think our bodies don't want to be against us. And that's a big mindset shift too, is I felt like my body hates me. My body is against me. It doesn't want to lose weight. I look at a cupcake and I gain 10 pounds. And I freaking did. Like I did gain 10 pounds looking at a cupcake because I trained myself to do that. So it came from a level of surrender. And, you know, I don't know if you have to get to that screw it moment where you just don't care anymore. That's kind of what it took for me. 
but it does have to come to a level of like, you really have to do the mental part of trusting your body, like letting yourself go. Okay. If I never lose this weight again, if I never look the way I think I will, like, can I be okay with that? Do I still have friends? Do my, does my spouse still love me? Do my friends still think I'm a cool person? And I remember thinking, yeah, like if I gained another 30, 40, 50 pounds, even hundred pounds, I would still have my friends. They would still care about me. And then I, I just flipped it onto them. I was thinking, well, if my best friend gained hundred pounds, what would I say? I wouldn't walk away from her. I would be supportive and I would love her and I would tell her she's amazing. So I started thinking, what would I do to a friend in the situation? And I would be so compassionate. And I had to think that why wouldn't they feel the same about me? So those were some of the things I kind of had to think about in order to shift it. And so that Gabby Bernstein thing made me start thinking, okay, I really have to be okay with me now and also be okay with me if I never, ever, ever changed and sit with that. And I didn't like it, but it was like, what's the alternative? Like hating myself for the rest of my life if I don't change or being like, this is who I am now. And so it's interesting though, because once I started accepting myself, slowly the weight started coming off. But I do like, I do want to say a caveat that if it didn't, I still would have been okay. Mm-hmm. And it took like years for it to come off without effort though. And that's, what's amazing. It didn't, I didn't have to kill myself to lose five pounds. Like it just started coming off slowly as I did inner work. But even if it didn't, I would have been, I would be okay. And that's what really is the freedom in all of that is going, if I never change, if I never look different, I still am worthy and I still have friendships and I still have love in my life and I'm still worthy of all of that. Oh my gosh. I just, I love you so much. That is just, oh, my heart is literally exploding right now because I talk a lot about self-love. And so I completely, I don't know. I was just like giggling when you were talking about the self-love and then to self-meh because (laughs) for me, for me personally, I mean, over the past six months, my body has gone through some changes. I've gained 30 pounds and for my entire life, I have felt like I either had to be on like this full-on pursuit of loving my body and what it looked like or else I had to like completely hate how I looked like there was like no middle ground and now I'm at a place where I'm like okay my body's a lot different than I'm used to seeing it but I'm just like okay about it it's just like I'm neutral about it and it's such a interesting feeling to have yeah that's, I'm glad you said that. Cause I bet a lot of people feel that way. I definitely did. I felt like I, yeah, I have to be on the pursuit, but the funny thing is, is I thought about it, even at my quote unquote, best looking like leanest on stage, I was still picking myself apart. Yeah. And so I was going, I actually can never be happy apparently. So I might as well just give up that pursuit of it because I'm just like, I'm never, ever satisfied. I remember going on stage and then as soon as I got off stage and I get the pictures, I'm like, okay, I'd compare myself to the girls next door and next door standing next to me on stage and go, okay, I need to like get my glutes this way. And I need to get my back a little more muscular. And I was just like picking things apart in comparison. 
And I was going, man, I worked so hard to get on stage. And even if I won, it was like, okay, but what can I do better for the next one? How can I get leaner for the next one? And so it's a never ending cycle of just of that. And there's really no point in that. You know, there's no single person. I've never gone out with a guy or had a girlfriend who's been that picky about my body. Right. They don't care. And they're, and you know, like any woman has been around other women who are like, oh, I could lose five pounds. And you look at your friend going, dude, you look fine. What are you talking about? And you're serious. You're not like just trying to placate them. You're just like, you look amazing. What are you talking about? Shut your mouth and be happy. And so it's kind of like, tell yourself that like, just chill out and sure you might lose five pounds or you may need to like get a little more muscular in the back and you can have a pursuit of looking better, but in the process, you don't have to hate what you got, you know? Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. So getting from that place of like constantly picking ourselves apart and comparing ourselves to other women, that is like such a very like vicious cycle and trap that so many women find themselves in. And I love that you obviously have done so much internal work on yourself. So what were some of maybe like the biggest practices for you that got you out of that I hate my body and really picking yourself apart? You know, a big one that I don't think people talk about enough is I unfollowed a lot of people on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, One thing was that because I was in fitness competitions, I followed a lot of other competitors and I followed a lot of other trainers and I was getting triggered a lot. Like I'd see these girls go, oh, getting it in. It's, you know, 10 p.m. and it's no excuses. And then I feel like, shit, I need to, I need to go do that. Oh man, I should be going to the gym. And I knew ultimately I needed to rest and I couldn't do that. I could not continue to push myself like that. But my competitive nature, my type A nature is like, oh, she is, I have to, like, I got to one up her. So I did that a few times. And every time I went back to the gym, I would go back to feeling more exhausted, gaining more weight, being more tired. And I'm like, why did I do that? I know I should be resting. So I unfollowed some people and I felt, I hated it at first because these were my friends I was unfollowing. These were people I knew in real life and I didn't want to tell them and I didn't tell them, but I was going, I cannot see this. I really can't see this. It's not good for me mentally. So that's really big. And I think if you, you are triggered by that stuff, or even if you're not, it's, it's just not healthy to look at. It's like, that's not in my highest good. And it's not what I need to see right now. I don't need somebody telling me no excuses because I was like, I started to feel like I was justifying, like, I do have an excuse. Like you can't see that I'm unhealthy, but I, you know, it's like, yeah. if you have cancer and, or if you're sick, you have the flu, people are going to say, stay home and rest, but you have like adrenal fatigue that nobody actually can diagnose. And there's no doctor saying it's real. Then you sound like you're making stuff up. So I, I just decided to step away from that and stop looking at it. And the other thing was doing a lot of reading and walking. And I started reading a lot of self-help and personal development books. Um, Louise Hay and Wayne Dyer were really big for me um, because I just needed to figure out the mental stuff. I kind of needed that mental support because I was constantly second guessing myself. I was I had on loop just these negative thought patterns about my body, um, negative thought patterns about everything, right? Like just so much self-hate. Like I said before, it's so hard to go from self-hate to self-love, especially when you've just, it's like programmed to look in the mirror and be like, I look like shit today. Uh Or 
you know, you go into a dressing room and you just have these, like, it's a habit. It becomes a habit. So I had to reprogram and I did uh, a lot with affirmations. Um, and I know some people, I had a good conversation on a podcast recently about affirmations because she was like, well, I don't, I don't like affirmations. The reason I think affirmations worked for me because I did them so obsessively and so many times, it's not like you wake up in the morning and you're like, I love myself. I'm beautiful. Like I would say these things on repeat for like an hour. I go to the gym and I would have a list of like 30, 40, 50 affirmations. And I would read each of them like 10 times each Mm -hmm. while I was moving. So while I'm doing cardio or while I'm walking and I use those a lot to really reprogram my mind. And it's kind of like when you're learning a new language, like if you're learning Spanish, when you're first learning, you are translating English to Spanish and then translating it back and then trying to speak. And it's like this slow process and you have to really think about it with affirmations. It's kind of like that too. You're like, you're saying stuff and you don't necessarily believe it. You're like, this is bullshit, but I'm saying it anyway. And soon enough though, like if you go, I went to France, I took seven years of French. And after about four days, I remember I was ordering some food and I, instead of like taking the time and translating it I actually just like the guy asked me something in French and I answered and I was like whoa it was almost like I thought in French for a second instead of translating it and I was like oh my god it it's really crazy how much it just happened and what happens with the affirmations is soon enough those negative thoughts just suddenly become replaced by the affirmation or positive thought and you start to go oh my gosh like my first thought was that instead of the negative thought So I think it can take a long time. It doesn't work for everybody. Um, I also learned a technique called EFT. It's emotional freedom technique. Um, You also call it tapping. Uh I learned from a hypnotherapist and I did hypnotherapy as well. And those were some of the things I worked on. It was really more of the mental aspects than the physical stuff. Yeah. But like clearing all the mental stuff, like not looking at other people, eye on your your own paper, um, and then finding anything. And like, that could be therapy. That could be talking to a friend. That could be yoga. But for me, it was like hypnotherapy, EFT, reading books and affirmations. Very interesting. Would you mind sharing more about tapping or EFT? We haven't talked about that on the show yet. And if that was something that was part of your journey and really helped you with like the inner healing, I'd be super into learning a little bit more about how that helped you and how you included that into your life. Yeah. It's so interesting. Cause I had heard about it before and I looked at YouTube videos and I kind of tried it and I was like, this is stupid. It doesn't make sense to me. So maybe doing it on YouTube, maybe isn't the best way, but I learned it through, like when I did it again, it was with a hypnotherapist. So I, <laughs> I was actually in a space where I was having a lot of anxiety. My business partner and I were kind of splitting up. I was in a new state with no money. My husband and I just foreclosed on our house and we had, I mean, there was just a lot of high stress stuff going on. And so I saw this group on for hypnosis. And at that time as well, my eating disorder was resurfacing. Um, I had been bulimic for years and then I felt like I controlled it with competing and like eating clean. So my bulimic tendencies were coming back. I was having so much anxiety over, over my business partner and money. So I was like, dang, I don't know. Hypnotherapy sounds really kooky, but I'm willing to try anything right now. And it's on Groupon and like, we have no money so I can afford it. So I went and the hypnotherapist explained it. So, you know, with Chinese medicine and acupuncture, there's different meridians on the body that correlate to different emotions, different physical parts. And like 
he said there's different meridians in the body. And this is almost like doing uh, acupuncture yourself, except it's like acupressure. You're hitting these certain points in your body. So there are certain points um, on the back of your hand, on your head, below your eyes, uh, above your lip, chin, your neck, chest. And if you look on any YouTube videos, you'll see these spots. And what you do is you're going to be tapping these areas while you're actually speaking kind of your fears or you're actually kind of speaking the negative, which was interesting to me. So he goes, well, let's, let's go over this. I want you to give, find a scenario. And he had me think of something with my business partner. And he's like, what's your level of anxiety? And I was like, freaking 10 or like 12 <laughs> on a scale of one to 10. Yeah. Well, like it gave me heart palpitations starting to think about her and he goes, okay, so we're going to go through this process. And so he would have me just go, even though I am really anxious about what's happening, I love and approve myself. And, and we would go through all of these spots and tapping them and saying these things, tap and say, tap and say the sentence. And we went through one time and goes, okay, what's the anxiety level now? I'm like, eh, it's like a nine. I'm still, so he goes, we'll do it again. And so we kept going through this over and over and over until when I had the same thought, I didn't have the same physical response anymore. Like I could suddenly think about her and it was like, kind of like earlier, like neutral, neutral, mm -hmm. uh, like, okay, I don't have any, no positive, but I'm like, oh, it actually, that thought doesn't bother me at all. And that was really fascinating. And then one of the things he showed me, he kind of called it a shortcut. He goes, is there any spot that you're tapping on that makes you, that feels a little more like clearing? And I said, yeah, when I tap my chest, that's actually, it feels like that's working for me more. Cause there's like seven or eight or I don't know couple different spots. Right. And so it was okay. Whenever you have these thoughts that are coming up, you can just tap there. So for me to this day, if I start having anxiety, I'll start tapping on my chest and just kind of breathing through it. And it helps like calm me down mm -hmm. and like bring that like 10 down to a six or six down to a four to where it's just like a neutral thought. So for me, it was more about the anxiety and like these anxiety producing thoughts. I would just kind of breathe through them and tap them out. Um, and I think it can really work, but it did help for me to have somebody there with me to walk me through the process and go through it a couple times. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, I've done it a couple times on YouTube and watched it and it didn't always have the same effect, but if you could find someone who can do it with you, yeah. you probably could self do it as well, but it made more sense at least to me when I had him walk me through it and like get something really triggering that helped. Right. Yeah. And now it seems like you really understand like the whole process too and you can explain it you did such a yeah. great job too no we haven't chatted about that on this show yet but I know you brought up feeling anxious or dealing with some anxiety and one thing that I love about you I love a lot of things about you but you're very open about your mental health and that you make taking care of your mental health a priority. So could we talk a little bit about some of the mental health struggles that you face and how you go about supporting yourself and loving yourself through them today? Yeah, I think, you know, thank you for saying that. I wasn't always so open about it. In fact, it's been more recent and kind of at the urging of my best friend. Um, you know, last year I've been traveling a lot. Like I said, I'm in a hotel right now. I've been since last year, like this time last year, I've been on 90 to hundred trips. So, and not like vacations, but just traveling from like a one way, you know, one way trip somewhere. So even since January, it's funny, my goal this year, my like new year's resolution was to stop traveling. And I looked at my little like itinerary thing and I've already gone on 27 trips and it's April. So I'm trying to slow that down. 
But I think because of that, whenever my physical health is compromised, like when you're traveling a lot, you know, anybody who travels knows, even if you go on a single trip, you're just exhausted time zones. And yeah, you just feel off. Yeah. Yeah. Your food's different. You're not on a schedule. You're not in a routine. And so when your physical health suffers, your mental health can suffer. And I've noticed in my experience with myself is that I, I have tendencies toward depression. I have for a long time. Um, I was diagnosed with depression when I was in my teens and I had been on medication early, early on for many years. And I think part of the reason I got into nutrition was because I really wanted to not be on meds. I didn't want that as a life sentence. My mom was on meds, my aunts were, and I always felt like they were crazy and I didn't want to be like that. So in my early twenties, I was like, I'm not, my mom said, you're going to be on medication your whole life. And I was like, no, I refuse. And so I think that nutrition helped me for a long time. And I did a lot of research on exercise and nutrition, how that can help depression. But unfortunately, I had some um, issues come up multiple times throughout my 20s that I needed to get back on medication because I wasn't okay. And some of that was hormonal. Some of it maybe just was my brain chemistry. I don't know. But uh, last June, so almost a year ago, um, I had, I think I had been kind of low level depressed for quite some time, just hadn't really, I think I've been too busy to notice it. And I think this does happen to a lot of us. It just sneaks up or like you're suddenly depression feels normal and just every, you just, you catastrophize things. But what ultimately happened was I was walking on the street with my friend Jill and I remember just this car was coming and I just had this thought really quick that I should just jump in front of that car. And it scared me because I was like, holy crap, where did that come from? And over the next few days, I kept having these thoughts of like, you know, I just would be better off not here. And maybe like things aren't working out for me. And maybe I just would be better off. Like maybe my friends would be better off. And just those were the kind of thoughts. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like you have an amazing life. You have this podcast called the best life, which is so funny. Cause I'm like, my life is great. I like have amazing friends. My body feels really good. Uh, I get to travel and I get to do what I love. And yet I'm having these thoughts, like I shouldn't be here. And so I asked Jill if I could use the car and I'm like, I need to go to a clinic. I need to get on meds. And she's like, what's going on? And I just broke down and I was like, I don't know, but I just, I'm having these thoughts. And so she was like, let me take you, let me go with you. And so we were sitting there, we went to this emergency clinic and it was kind of funny because we were there for like six hours. It was awful. And I was like, this is why people kill themselves, like waiting for six hours. (laughs) But we're trying to make light of it. And while we're sitting there, she goes, do you want to talk about this on the podcast? And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> and she's go, she said, well, I think it might help a lot of people. And I think for me, that's my like, uh, yes. like, I'm like, damn it. Okay. So we did. And you know, it was hard. I was so embarrassed because I think that's part of it is people see you online and they think everything is perfect. And you know, honestly, my life is great and it's not, um, anything I put online isn't fake, but then there's those moments where you're sitting and in your head and those thoughts come up. And so I got back on medication and I'm still on it. And I, I started to just stop shaming myself about that and realize like, if you need to shoot, I would rather be on medication for a while than to make a permanent decision, like killing myself or some temporary feelings that who knows why I'm having those because I'm exhausted because I've been flying too much and I'm feeling like that because my body's all out of whack. 
So, um, you know, I think it's important to like take care of ourselves that way. And that's a big reason why I did want to stop traveling so much. I'm like, I know that when I'm tired, when my, when I'm just pushing myself too much, my hormones fluctuate a lot because of the stuff I did earlier with the adrenal fatigue. Like I'm more sensitive to a lot of that stuff. And so I have to be really, really aware. And it's not just the physical, it's not just about my weight anymore. It's about my freaking brain. Mm-hmm. And so I really have to be mindful of what I'm eating and I have to be mindful about that kind of stuff because I need to be here and I have a message to share, but I can't, if I'm like having this weird person on my shoulder, like go jump in front of a vehicle or like, it's, it's crazy. It's like, there's two people. And I think it's really important to talk about because I think, I think maybe a lot of us have that. And even if you haven't, um, you know, you might be around someone else who has and knowing how to deal with that. I think can be, you can, you can honestly save someone's life. Mm -hmm. No, I honestly am so proud of you for opening up and sharing that because honestly, like we have mental health, emotional health, physical health, and we're talking about our physical health all the time, right? It's something that's so accepted and we're not really ashamed to talk about physical health stuff. But then when it comes to mental and our emotional health, there's like reservation there. And that's where all of a sudden people get embarrassed to talk about that stuff or freaked out to talk about that stuff. Like for me personally, I have dealt with mental illness growing up and it's just like, I shouldn't be ashamed to share that with people. Right. There is so much shame around it. It's really interesting. And I don't know why, but I felt the same. I mean, I was terrified to do the podcast. I was terrified to post it on Instagram And the interesting thing was, is that I've been getting a nudge to talk about it since 2015. Um, I was driving in 2015 in Dallas. This was another time where I had gone to the clinic and I just got this hit that I needed to talk about it. And I remember just bawling and I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to be that person who like, I don't want to be the one who's that, like someone else can do it. That's not my calling. And I'm glad that I had, I mean, I I can't tell you how many messages, private messages I got from people and even from people who also were influencers or kind of have a following and people who think their lives are like perfect. And they're like, this is me too. I'm so glad you talked about it. And I think that's what can also be tricky and hard. It's like Kate Spade who committed suicide and people were going, she had everything. She had all the money in the world. And she had, and I think that's part of the stigma too. It's like, people think if you have it all, there's nothing to be sad about, like quote unquote sad about. And that's not what it's about. Like, that's why I struggled. I'm going, I have it all. Like, I really do. I have a life that I love. I have a life of design. I have amazing friendships. I get to live wherever I want and yet it can still happen. And I also have so many tools. I really believe that we can choose, like we can choose how we perceive things. And that's why mental illness is different. It's I'm, these are thoughts that are coming in that I can't like, do affirmations and push them away. And I know I have all those tools. Like I've done the hypnotherapy. I've done so much work. And that's when I knew that it was something bigger that I couldn't really control. And I think it's important to let people know that that's okay. And it doesn't mean that medication is permanent for me or for anyone, but it's also like, it's there. Like, why don't you use it? You know, if, if you need to, freaking do it. You don't have to like shame yourself. You don't have to be like the hero. There's no, there's no trophy in like being the hero and just being grumpy and miserable all the time. And it's, it's really interesting. Once I got on medication and I was on it for a few weeks 
I felt like this cloud started to lift. And that's when I realized like, maybe I'd actually been going through this a little bit longer than I thought. Like I recognized it in June, but probably honestly had been happening since early on in the year, like February, March just was really slow and kind of creeped in on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of like what you said before, you almost get used to it and maybe you start pushing it away initially and then that just becomes the norm. Yeah. Right. And then it just bubbles up and it's something that you do have to deal with like seriously eventually for sure. So I just absolutely love the conversations you and Jill have on your show. Everyone needs to go check out your podcast. And you mentioned that you two have a program coming out, right? Yes, Can you yes. tell me more about that? I would love to know. So we are launching a program called the happiness diet and I love it for so many reasons. I think, you know, we came up with the name and we got the happiness I don't even know how it was available, but it's kind of tongue in cheek because if you guys, if anyone knows us and just kind of, you know, hearing my story, like I'm super anti diet, but I think diet is really about, you know, what you consume and what you consume is also what you consume online, who you're following, what you're watching, what you're reading. And so it's really a program about just like diving into your mindset, like how to get through all this stuff. I mean, it's honestly, it's the program I wish I had when I was going through all this stuff, because I think it's what I needed. And it's some of the lessons that we've really learned. So it's about control versus trust. And that's in relationships, that's in your body, like kind of how we talked about before, like you have to trust your body. Um, It's also about like the victim and martyr mentalities, like positioning yourself as a victim or a martyr. Like, do you want to live there? It's about boundaries and relationships, um, showing up all uh, unapologetically, choosing a perception that serves you instead of choosing you know, I think you can choose your perception. Um, And a big piece of it is really just like what I found really interestingly the last year and a half or two years is people have been coming out of the woodwork who've known me for years. And they're like, you look like you're glowing. You look like so good. I've never seen you look so happy before. I've never seen like, what are you doing? Are you like, what are you eating? And I'm like, I'm not doing anything, (laughs) but I've done so much inner work. And I really think that what you do on the inside shows on the outside. Yes. And that's been the biggest difference. And I honestly believe too, like once you start taking care of that, the body image stuff fixes itself. And if it doesn't, it's so funny. Like you could, I mean, we've all seen this, like 300 pound women who are just like, they freaking are sexy and confident because they just own it. I think when like the happiness diet, when you go through this and you are owning all of your choices and feeling good and confident, there's something about you physically that changes. Whether you lose weight or not, you just look different. And so I think it's really just this, it's a transformational program on the inside that I think will show and manifest on the outside. Incredible. It sounds like what all the women that listen to this (laughs) show are going to be all about. So I have just absolutely loved our convo and I have one more question for you. And that is, what does it mean to you to be unbreakable? What it means to me to be unbreakable is, (laughs) you know, it's funny, like there's certain things that are unbreakable, like like rubber, right? If you throw a ball against the ground, it's going to just bounce back. If you throw a glass plate on the ground, it's going to shatter. So I think ultimately being unbreakable means like to 
become softer. You know, it's like, instead of being so hard and rigid, if you become more open, being more open to crazy ideas like hypnotherapy, being open to different perspectives, being open to things not going the way you expect them to go, like you become a little more soft and open, you cannot be broken. I, that's probably one of my favorite answers. I absolutely love that because I, I fully agree. It's definitely about opening up and becoming softer. That's beautiful. So Danny, where can everyone find you and follow your stuff? Because if they're consuming your stuff, it's definitely going to lead to happiness for sure. I love that. Uh, I think the best place is Instagram. I'm there the most because I'm always doing silly stories. It's dannyj.com, <laughs> D-A-N-N-Y, like a boy, and spelling.com, D-O-T-C-O-M. And then, of course, on the Best Life Podcast, we have an Instagram, the Best Life Podcast. Um, you can subscribe on wherever you subscribe on your podcast. Wherever they subscribe to you, they can subscribe to us. Yes. Um, and then, you know, I'm on Facebook. Everything's at Danny J. But I'd say, like, Instagram, I answer my DMs, and I'm there the most. So that would be the place I would send people. Awesome. We'll send everyone over there. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, darling. I'm so glad we finally got to make this work. 